Chapter Twenty Four of Among the Great Masters of the Drama. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Among the Great Masters of the Drama by Walter Rollins. Chapter Twenty Four Salvini. Salvini is above all rules and beyond all comparison. W. E. Henley some years since salvini after much persuasion consented to commit to writing his reasons for interpreting as he has the various shakespearean characters played by him the paper was published in a leading italian weekly and from a translation by miss helen zimmern the following extracts referring to salvini's macbeth are taken he says first before undertaking the study of the characters of hamlet macbeth king lear and othello i consulted the legends whence the poet had obtained his themes i had all the english and german commentaries and criticisms translated for me and read the italian french and spanish ones the two first were obscure and so extraordinarily at variance among themselves that i could not form an exact criterion the Italians sinned from the same cause, and from their pretensions to be an infallible judgment. The French were vague, airy, and full of Gallic fantasticalities. The descendants of Cervantes and Lope de Vega persuaded me most, but, all things considered, I resolved to interrogate no other commentator on these English works but Shakespeare himself. O oh, artists of the dramatic world, do not confuse your minds by seeking for the sources of his various characters. It is from his well alone that you can quench your ardor to know. Go direct to him. Study him in every phrase with diligent patience. Do not tire. When you think you have done, recommence. Persevere. Shakespeare is never studied too much. Macbeth's character, according to the Italian actor, is the absolute antithesis of that of Hamlet. If Hamlet may be defined as force of thought above action, the conception of Macbeth may be defined as that of force of action above thought. It is always Shakespeare who leads me to observe these things by his own words. Thus, he makes his protagonist say in the second act, words to the heat of deeds too cold breath gives i go and it is done and in the third strange things i have in head that will to hand which must be acted ere they can be scanned and again in the fourth act he says the flighty purpose never is o'ertook unless the deed go with it to crown my thoughts with acts be it thought and done it seems to me that my definition has no need of further commentary. Macbeth, he points out, is a man who would have hesitated at nothing. Had noble deeds been required for him to attain his end, he would have flooded the kingdom with them. If he hesitated a second before murdering Duncan, it was that he revolted at the thought of assassination, of killing without opposition. When he sees the spectre, what he craves is peace from such disturbances, not expiation. 
the upshot of his conversation with the doctor proves according to signor salvini that he does not repent of what he has done but that the visions disturb him and that he defies them combats them and conquers them with his strong spirit he is grand this sanguinary ambitious man but superstition is his achilles heel and by it he fails if i sought a comparison with a similar character i should cite the son of pope alexander the sixth the famous duke valentino caesar borgia who like macbeth could find no other means to maintain his power but poison and arms but he committed low deeds and obscenities not imputable to macbeth and therefore the usurper of the scotch throne for all his ferocity appears more majestic when i read this grand tragedy for the first time i expected to see the somnambulist scene of the wife followed by one of the husband and it was quite difficult to persuade myself of the contrary it seems extravagant this effect produced on my mind but yet it seems to me justifiable the somnambulist scene takes place at the beginning of the fifth act and up to then neither the waiting-maid nor the doctor has given a hint of such a condition no one expects it or has reason to foresee it it is lady macbeth who has ever been the strong one who has called him a coward laughed at his hallucinations never a single word of remorse or repentance from her lips how then comes this resolute woman suddenly to falsify the terrible but grand impression the audience has gained of her up to now and why has the author ever rigidly observant to maintain his characters the same from beginning to end made an exception for lady macbeth is it illness that makes her weak and vacillating it may be but this scene seems to me originally composed for macbeth and afterward changed for the benefit of some actor actresses were not then employed who perhaps did not think the part he had to sustain sufficient i thank him from my heart for having taken it from macbeth the burden of this role is sufficiently exorbitant an original idea certainly on signor salvini's part these quotations from salvini's essay show something of the care and study that the great tragedian expends on his wonderful impersonations End of chapter 24